Welcome to AZPM News Daily, a recap of all the day's news from Arizona Public Media. I'm Steve Jess. Coming up today, no prosecution for jail guards involved in an inmate death. University of Arizona leaders try to right their financial ship and the lessons we can learn from a beehive. First, though, Pima County Attorney Laura Conover has announced the county will not prosecute corrections officers involved in the death of a Pima County jail inmate named Wade Welch. Hannah Cree has more on that decision. John McMahon, a deputy chief with the Los Angeles Police Department who specializes in reviewing use of force incidents, was hired to conduct an independent review. He analyzed body camera footage of the altercation that ended Welch's life in August of 2022. He says he can't breathe, but yet again continues his resistance against the officers. McMahon said Welch was tased seven times, but maintained the officers' actions were within the law. It was not an optional choice for these officers. They were obligated to take physical control of Mr. Welsh. They had to overcome his violent resistance. And the actions of these custodial officers is objectively reasonable under the law. Based on McMahon's investigation, Welch's autopsy report, and the findings of the Pima Regional Critical Incident Team, Conover said there is not enough evidence to press charges. Activists like Stephanie Madero-Pina of No Jail Deaths expressed frustration at the decision not to prosecute. At the point where you hear him going, and he can't breathe, and he is gasping, and obviously he's not talking, right there's like a red flag telling me, call the paramedics. The decision is raising questions once again about conditions in the Pima County Jail and its unusually high death rate. The county's Blue Ribbon Commission is expected to release its final recommendation on whether the county should build a new jail any day now. The potential new jail has become controversial, as critics say the $400 million will not solve issues that land people in jail in the first place. I'm Hannah Cree, AZPM News. Over the next 18 months, the University of Arizona will begin to see changes after University President Robert Robbins announced a plan to tackle what's been called the school's fragile financial health. We hear more in this in-depth report from Paola Rodriguez. The University of Arizona is implementing a hiring freeze and eliminating guaranteed tuition for new students starting in fall 2025. UA President Robert Robbins told the board Wednesday evening that he would dig in and I've dug in and I don't like everything that I've discovered. However, we've already made some very difficult decisions at the University of Arizona. The financial plan includes a new centralized budgeting system, deferring salary increases and non-essential capital projects, as well as reviews of budgets across the university and more. As we work to address the university's finance, we'll focus on the disease and not the symptoms. These steps will not lead to an immediate increase in cash, but we'll address the problems causing the decreases in cash. The Arizona Board of Regents requires universities to maintain a minimum of 140 days cash on hand. In November, UA announced that it is at the lowest financial standing among Arizona's three public universities, with a projected 97 days cash on hand. UA initially forecasted 156 days, but fell significantly short due to a faulty review model. The financial mismanagement totals to nearly $240 million. However, UA's money issues are not only tied to the amount of cash on hand, according to board chair Fred Duvall. The U of A's financial problem was first presented as an unseen and dramatic reduction in days cash on hand. 
While that's a concerning problem in and of itself, the decline of the university's cash reserves was a symptom of two other more serious problems. Duval and Robbins said that UA's financial issues stem from an ongoing budget deficit because the university is spending more than it's making. The changes announced by Robbins include the centralization of administrative functions. This work will take some time, but it will begin immediately. In fact, it already has begun with a change in financial leadership at the university. UA's chief financial officer and senior vice president of business affairs, Lisa Rolney, submitted her resignation to Robbins early Wednesday morning. Her departure comes after faculty, staff, and students called for her ousting. Her exit marks the fourth administrative resignation this year following campus scrutiny. Others who have left include former Vice Provost Liesl Folks, former University Police Chief Paula Bulafis, and Senior Vice President of UA Global Campus Paul Pastoric. ABOR Executive Director John Arnold will step into Rolney's role during a search for a permanent replacement. During the meeting, Arnold presented a plan that was unanimously approved by the board to increase financial oversight over the state's three public universities. Duval, along with the other regents, saw the plan as a light at the end of the tunnel. Today, we intend to take the first steps to turn the ship around at the University of Arizona and to assure our campuses and the public that this will not happen again in Tucson or at any of our state's universities. ABOR's changes include peer reviews of financial budgets, reports on monthly operating cash balances, and more. Robbins admitted to the board that while he regrets that his investments in the strategic plan got associated with the university's larger financial issues, he still believed in the principles that the university put in place. These initiatives have greatly advanced the lives of students and their success, as well as our research mission. As we right-size spending, we're going to have to look at what has worked, what is really moving the university forward, and what has not worked. Things that are not working will have to be abandoned. The changes will be made over the next 18 months, but Robbins told the board that more may come in the future. I'm Paola Rodriguez, AZPM News. In the interest of transparency, we should note that the Arizona Board of Regents holds broadcast licenses for AZPM stations. A federal grand jury in Tucson has returned an indictment against five people for allegedly operating a human smuggling operation, trafficking drugs, and laundering money. Danielle Kamara has this report. The indictment alleges that the five Mexican nationals are part of the Malas Manas Transnational Criminal Organization and had permission to operate from the Sinaloa cartel, which is active in Sonora. The 11-count indictment alleges that the defendants conspired to transport unauthorized migrants, distribute marijuana, methamphetamine, fentanyl, and cocaine, and launder money related to the alleged crimes from 2019 through August of this year. The most serious of these crimes carries a maximum penalty of life in prison and up to $10 million in fines. I'm Daniel Kamara, AZPM News. The closure of the Lukeville port of entry is impacting tourists and other travelers. Border communities in other parts of Arizona say it's also creating issues at their crossings. Lukeville is the main crossing point for travelers headed to Rocky Point, and it also serves Mexican travelers on their way up to Flagstaff and other destinations in Arizona. Arizona Border Issues Advisor Luis Ramirez says the closure is having ripple effects elsewhere as government resources are shifted. 
Conservation groups have filed a complaint against the Federal Highway Administration, citing its failure to consider the impact to threatened and endangered species from construction of the proposed Interstate 11. Katya Mendoza has more on that. The complaint challenges the massive highway project, citing its failure to analyze the potential impacts to protected species, including the cactus virginus pygmy owl, the western yellow-billed cuckoo, and others as required under the Endangered Species Act. Last year, the groups sued the agency, saying it sidestepped the environmental review process before approving routes between Nogales and Wickenburg. The nearly 300-mile-long corridor is envisioned as part of an interstate route to Las Vegas, potentially expanding through the western United States, including Pima County. Other objections to the highway project have come from the Pima County Board of Supervisors, City of Tucson, and federal agencies concerned with groundwater contamination, wildlife habitat, and the development of protected lands. I'm Katia Mendoza, AZPM News. The U.S. Forest Service wants to protect 36 miles of the Upper Verde River in central Arizona by placing it under the Wild and Scenic Rivers Act. The agency considers the act as the greatest level of protection of the nation's rivers and streams. It protects against any development that would interrupt a river body's free-flowing nature. Officials from the Prescott and Coconino National Forests completed a suitability study of the region that started two years ago. That's when the Bureau of Reclamation proposed building two barriers in two-mile-long stretches of the river to protect native fish. Those two stretches of the river fall outside the Act's protection, freeing them up for those fish barriers. The Forest Service recommendation still needs the approval of Congress, though. The answer to better cybersecurity might be found in a beehive. Tony Perkins has more about how University of Arizona researchers are linking problem-solving among bees and ants to finding and eliminating computer viruses. Bees and ants are social insects that are good at organizing themselves toward a specific goal. U of A ecology and evolutionary biologist Anna Dornhouse wants to know why and how they make the kinds of decisions they do. One of the things we're really interested in is what the collective consequences of different individual-based decisions are. Dornhouse and her lab researchers are looking at the strategies social insects use to direct collective behavior and applying those methods to computer software to create more effective cybersecurity and virus scanning techniques. I'm Tony Perkins, AZPM News. Hear more on this on Arizona Science, available from our website as a podcast. Go to news.azpm.org. And that should catch you up on everything we've covered today at Arizona Public Media. Thanks for joining me. Make sure to subscribe to the Arizona News Daily wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Steve Jess. Catch us again tomorrow. Tomorrow.